Hey, welcome to Service Online. We are stoked that you're joining us. I want to encourage you, wherever you're at right now, let's get into some worship and praise. I was buried beneath my shame Who can carry that kind of weight? It was my turn Till I met you I was breathing but not alive All my failures I tried Yeah. 
Praise his name. Well, hey, New Life family, it's so great to be back with you. Welcome to 2021, and Happy New Year to you. Hope you had a great New Year's Eve. Hope you had a great Christmas. We missed you, and uh, it's so good to be back with you here at our online services, wherever you're watching from, whatever state you're watching from, whatever lane that you are currently in, whether it's lane one, lane two, lane three here on the weekends, or all across the United States, we just wanted to say welcome to New Life uh, this weekend. Hey, if you did not get something that you wanted from Santa Claus, uh, Sandy, how was Santa Claus to you? Good? All right. Uh, Austin, did you get what you wanted? Did you get a new camera, new truck, new chickens, whatever? I don't, I don't know what you want. Um, if you didn't get what you wanted, uh, Pastor Brett said if you put it in the chat, he would get you uh, what you asked for but didn't get, okay? So make sure you just write in the chat, this is what I wanted, they didn't get it. Pastor Brett will make sure it's, it's delivered to your, front, uh, to, to your front door there, okay? Um, but we just want to welcome you. Thank you so much uh, for being with us this weekend as we kick off a brand new year, a brand new series, and we are going to be uh, heading that direction here in just a few minutes. Let's go ahead and do everything that we normally do. Go ahead and check in. Take out your phone. Wish someone a happy new year and tell them, text them and say, hey, I'm ready for this new series, and I hope you are too. So make sure you check in on each other, okay? Don't forget all the normal announcements. Make sure you take advantage of all the resources that we have online, newlifecc.com. If you have any prayer needs, you can just text the word prayers, P-R-A-Y-E-R-S, to 30500. If you have never texted the word update to 30500, we just want to encourage you to do that as well. It's the best way to keep up. Every now and then we send out a mass text to our entire church about some updates coming up about uh, services and things like that. So we just want to encourage you to do that because it's the best way to keep up with what's happening around here. And also, thank you so much for your faithfulness and your giving, your uh, your generosity and your stewardship to say this is what God has blessed me with and I want to in turn surrender and trust a portion or percentage of this back to God. And so we just want to say thank you for doing that because we could not do ministry without you. But we love you. We're so good to be back. Sandy, are you guys excited? Where'd Sean go? That dude just bailed. I'll tell you, he needs Jesus. We'll be praying for Sean. Hey, but I'm so excited to be back uh, at our online services. Uh, we've been keeping things going on uh, our weekend services, Lane 3, both here in the South Building for the Turlock Campus and the North Building for our Patterson Campus. Those of you that's been making the drive, we want to say thank you so much. And if you've been passing along our messages to people that you are connected with, we want to say thank you for doing that as well. So to kick off 2021... I want to uh, extend an invitation to you, inviting you to do some things with Janet and I that, we're, that we are beginning this year. Okay, 2020 is officially over there. All right, 2020 is officially uh, back there somewhere. Some of you actually tied an anchor around the neck of 2020 and threw it overboard because you never want to see it again. Some of you just stuffed it in the closet, you locked the door, and you put a sign up that says, do not open ever again, all right? <laughs> 2020 taught us a lot. We learned a lot. Uh, some of us were frustrated a lot. We were lonely and exiled and shut in and distant a lot. 
We made toilet paper and hand sanitizer runs to the store, didn't we? A lot. And, some, and to, to some degree, uh, many of us are still in that mindset, aren't we? And with each year going from December 31 to January 1 on the calendar, it's supposed to feel different. We gravitate to the same cliches, uh, new year, new you, all right, whatever that means, all right. Woohoo! you know, it's like uh, as soon as the clock hits midnight, I'm supposed to feel different about myself. And then we start making all kinds of resolutions. I heard uh, in one of my devotions uh, last week, I was reading uh, about a lady, the gym that she works out, uh, whatever state that she lives in. She says for the she said for the first three weeks of the year, the gym always puts out extra equipment, and they put it in a location where it can be taken down easily. Because in three weeks, in just three weeks, the first three weeks of the year is, is the only time they do this. Because in the first three weeks, the crowds die down. Everybody forgets about the resolution they made to get in shape and lose weight. And then they can take the equipment out easily. The definition of the word resolution is an act of resolving something. All right, did you get that? To resolve something. To re-solve something. Okay, it, it literally means that something's been solved before, but for some reason it didn't stick, so we have to revisit what we thought we solved in the first place, whether it's to lose weight or to pay off debt or become a better person, whatever that means, to knock off something from our checklist, from our bucket list, you know, to don't drink, don't smoke, don't cuss, don't chew, and don't hang out with women that do, as we say back in the South. So here's my 2021 challenge to you. Here's my 2021 invitation to you beginning this weekend. What spiritual habit can you really begin in 2021? What spiritual discipline can you truly begin today that by the end of the year you can look back and clearly say, wow, I really did take one step closer to Jesus in 2021. Maybe it's uh, actively uh, beginning some sort of reading plan. Okay, by the way, uh, for our sermon notes, uh, uh, we usually on the weekends we physically hand out uh, notes. Uh, we haven't been doing that because of COVID. And so uh, we put the sermon notes on the digital device on your, t- on, on your phone. So all you, have to, all you have to do is just pull up the app, uh, go down and click on the word connect, and then click on sermon notes, uh, weekend resources, and then click on sermon notes, and you'll find our, our sermon notes there. Uh, but maybe it's actively beginning some sort of uh, reading plan on the YouVersion Bible app. I'm currently uh, reading two different plans right now. One is a, uh, a year long. I'm going to be reading through the Bible again in one year. The other one is called the 21 Days of Favor. Now, when we hear the word favor in the church, we think of God as being some sort of slot machine. That's not what this, uh, this reading plan is about. The biggest favor that we have with God is his invitation for us to join him in a relationship with him. And it's a 21-day reading plan about how God is inviting us in different places of our life to be in a relationship with him. So maybe that's the spiritual discipline that you can agree to for 2021. Maybe it's joining a life group or beginning a life group. If you're not comfortable being around people yet, maybe you can do it through Zoom. Reach out to us and we can help you set that up. Maybe it's being more consistent, either watching our online services or attending here on the weekends. Maybe it's beginning a 
a habit of surrendering and trusting to God in your resources again. You know, one of the biggest things that we do, one of the first things that we do whenever there's uh, some sort of fear that's going on in America is we withhold from God what belongs to him. And I have to be honest with you, I'm going to make a confession. There was a month last year when the election was ramping up and COVID was really uh, 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 kind of getting its grip on our culture that I looked at Janet and said, maybe, maybe for just one month we should hold back from giving just to kind of save up a little in our nest egg. And man, the Holy Spirit convicted me instantly and said, oh, so you really don't trust me when you're scared. And I'm telling you, that was some serious conviction for me because I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. I trust you, God, and, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, no, you don't, because when things are scary, when things are a little, when there's some conflict in, in, in the country, now you're thinking of holding back what really belongs to me, so you really don't trust that I'm going to provide for you. You really don't trust that I can really take care of you, even in the middle of a crisis. And so I, I said, I, I just asked for God's forgiveness, and, and I surrendered to him what belongs to him. But maybe some of you have been in that same boat. Maybe some of you are there to where you've held back a little bit. Maybe God is, maybe the Holy Spirit is convicting you. Maybe he's drawing you to begin giving again. Maybe uh, the Holy Spirit's wanting you to begin a regular practice of praying over your spouse and over your children. Maybe it's joining the volunteer team here on the weekends. Whatever it is, let me challenge you to make it a habit, no matter what, to create a time and space in the schedule of your life to consistently grow in your faith and your relationship with Jesus. I firmly believe that 2021 is going to be a year of transformation for many of you. Isaiah chapter 43 Chapter uh, verse 19 says this. This is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament to the people of Israel. He says, for I am about to do something new. Now, many of you can say, well, Jeremy, that was God speaking to the people of Israel. That was the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. No, listen. This is still good for us today because the New Covenant... Jesus has made with humanity, all of us, and he's saying to us, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? And for most of us, the answer to that question will be no, because we're not looking for it. In 2021, I think it should be a year for us looking for God to do something new in our lives. Because God is doing something new. I believe it. I feel it. See, he has already begun. So this weekend, we're, we're starting a brand new series called Direction. This is what we're going to be in over the next several weeks. And, and it stems from, hands down, some of the most commonly asked questions that we all have, which are these. What do you think God wants me to do? And what is God's plan and will for my life? Those are questions that we, that we all ask in some time of our lives. Deep down, we're trying to take the next right steps or do the next right things. What is God's desire and how do I follow him in this? Now, now just as a reminder, God is not trying to be elusive God's not trying to evade us somehow or be distant from us. He's not trying to play hide and seek from us. 
His desire is not to leave us in this perpetual state of frustration and anxiety. Look what King David wrote in Psalm 32. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. In this chapter, King David is writing about his own personal struggle between his own selfishness and pride and sin and then God's way. He's saying, no, God, I want to do it my way. I want to make my own path. I'm going to handle this by myself because I want to do what I want. That's one of the reasons why we can all relate to King David because that could be any one of us, can it? We want what we want, when we want it, and sometimes we don't care who we hurt in the process as long as at the end of the day I'm happy or I'm right. That's what we want. But David shares about how far this mentality really got him. Not very far. He had sleepless nights, he had loss of appetite, emotional pain, all kinds of stuff, until here's the big reveal, he finally owns it. He asks for forgiveness, and then he finds freedom from this. And in that, he realizes that all along, God was saying, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. You see, God has direction for all of us. But the question that we need to ask ourselves throughout this series is the same question that King David had to ask himself. Am I going to choose my way or God's way? My direction for my life or God's direction for my life? Will I choose it? Not can I choose it. Will I choose it? Listen, no matter what season of life that you are in, Male, female, old or young, it doesn't matter. You are always one decision away from completely changing your life. Did you know that? No matter who you are, no matter what season of life you're in, we are always one decision away from changing our life. That's pretty scary, isn't it? The decisions we make today set the course for the stories that we will tell tomorrow. Our decisions matter that much. In fact, who you are today is a result of a decision that you made in the past, and who you will be in the future is a result of a decision that you will make today. It could be a small decision. It could be a big decision. Janet and I have been married 27 years, not today, but we've been, we've been married 27 years because I decided that after two weeks of dating her friend, that I wanted to ask Janet out instead. A small decision, I thought, at the time, but today we've been married for 27 years. I'm here today because four years ago this month, in 2017, I decided to take a phone call from a pastor, David Larson, in Turlock, California. The Patterson campus came to be because 12 years ago, Pastor Dave and Gina were driving through the city of Patterson and felt God speak to him and say, what if you planted a campus here? Small decisions shape the story of our lives. Some of you are looking at some decisions that you have to make right now and you're thinking, this decision doesn't feel very small. It actually feels like a large decision. What am I going to do after I graduate, either from high school or college? 
The person that you're dating right now may be uh, okay, (laughs) but you're beginning to see things in them that are making you question your relationship. Will they change? Or should you just continue dating them until someone else comes along? Can you or should you continue investing into your marriage? Should you take this job that where there's a lot of risk, or should you stay in the job that you're in now because it's more comfortable? Should we have another baby? Should I take that first step and go to CR and kind of help me break some of these hurts, habits, and hang-ups? Sometimes the questions and decisions are just too overwhelming for us to make, aren't they? We freeze up and we feel like that we can't even make a decision. All right, it's like trying to find something on Netflix or Prime Video. You know, you, you pull up the app and you're going through there and you see romance and comedy and action adventure. And then there's just dozens and hundreds of movies. And you spend 45 minutes just watching trailer after trailer after trailer until finally you, it's late and you, haven't, you didn't watch anything. We can't even make a decision on what we want to watch. Or maybe we're afraid of making an imperfect decision. So we end up making no decision at all. We need help. <laughs> We need direction. Let me remind you of God's heart and desire for you and I both. Psalm 32a, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. So today what we're going to do is we're actually going to begin building a foundation for the next several weeks. Okay, Because I want to try to answer a big question and it's this. When it comes to God's direction... What do you think he cares about the most? What really matters to God? So here's your first fill-in for the entire series. It begins with this one. God's concern is who I am and who I'm becoming. Who I am and who I'm becoming. And it starts with where you are right now. All right, that, this is not about getting everything perfect and getting everything set and fixed, but taking the first steps right where you are today, right where you are now. Listen to this. Uh, this is found in the book of Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 10. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. God rejoices when he sees us take our first steps. And what are those first steps? Well, when it comes to the will of God, he cares much more, much more about who we are than he does about where we're going to work, what we're going to do for work, where we're going to live, what school are we going to go to. God cares about who before do. Does he care about those things? Absolutely he does. But not more than he cares about who we are becoming. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, the Apostle Paul said this to the people living uh, in that city. He says, God's will is for you to be what? Holy. God's will is for you to be holy. Does God want me to major in psychology? Maybe. But there's a lot more to it than that. Does God want me to take that job or to have this relationship? Possibly, but there's so much more than that. When the Apostle Paul writes this, it's not about the specifics of a job or a certain outcome. God's will for you and I is to be holy. And holy means to be set apart. 
It means to be different. If you're a Jesus follower this weekend, God doesn't want you to look like the world. He doesn't want us to be driven by the values and ethics of the culture around us or live for what this temporary world says is important. You and I are to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. This is not about a destination. It's about direction. Moving, constantly moving towards Jesus and looking like him. Becoming more and more like him. In fact, when we study the life of Jesus, what's really interesting is that Jesus doesn't talk a lot about people's careers or where they call home, what they call home. He rarely even challenges uh, people on the details of some decisions that they've made. So what does Jesus talk about? He talks about who they are and who they are becoming. He doesn't talk about careers He talks about character. He talks about calling. In fact, the only time that Jesus ever brought brought up someone's job is when he was saying, hey, leave your job and come follow me. (laughs) Because who we're following, Jesus, is more important than a school or career. The question that most of us is essentially asking is this, what does God want me to do? What and do? But a better question is this, who does God want me to become? If you'll start there, that truth, the who, will eventually lead us to the right do when we're becoming the person that God wants us to be. To Jesus, the who comes before the what. Who I am comes before what I do. For example, let me ask you a question. Now, I hope you're going to be nice to me with this question, okay? How many of you would say, Jeremy, I believe it's probably God's will that you are my campus pastor? I believe it's actually God's will for you to be my campus pastor. Now, for the sake of my own insecurities, I'm going to just believe that everyone out there is saying yes. I do believe that that's true, Jeremy, okay? That makes me feel so much better about myself. Well, actually, here's the truth. That's actually God's secondary purpose and direction for my life, to be your pastor. That's God's secondary purpose for me in my life. His primary desire is that I'm holy. His primary will is more about my passion than it is about my position. Because pastoring is what I do, it's not who I am. I could be a pastor and out of God's will, if my heart's not right. I could be a pastor and out of God's will if I, like char- if I like character and integrity. If I preach a really good, powerful message, but then I'm abusive to Janet, I'm not in God's will. And quite frankly, I'd probably be dead the next day because she'd wait till I fell asleep and then take care of business. But if I preach a great message and I'm dismissive and distant to my children, I'm not in God's will. If I'm an amazing leader with massive accomplishments, but don't pay my bills on time, or don't pay my bills at all, then I'm being irresponsible with my money and my resources. I'm not in God's will if I do that. Why? Because who I am matters much more than what I do. I believe that God would rather me do anything than be a pastor if I can't be a pastor with integrity. God would rather me do anything with a pure heart 
than to do something that appears spiritual and live with ongoing sin in my life. He's more concerned about me in here at my core. So how does this apply to you? God, should I date this person or not? I would say date that person with integrity while serving and honoring Jesus at the same time. Do what God would call you to do as you're dating that person. Worry about who you are. God, should I stay in this location or should I take a job somewhere else? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are. Be a faithful follower of Jesus there. Wherever there is, follow Jesus with all your heart there. God, should I major in business or psychology or education? Whatever you want to major in, make sure that you're serving Jesus. Before you think about what will I do in the future, think about who am I becoming in the present. Instead of just saying, what do you want me to do in the future, Jesus? Consider instead, who do you want me to become right now, Jesus? I remember when Janet and I, when we were leaving Colorado to move to Wisconsin, uh, I, I was agonizing over it. We, we had prayed about it. We had already talked to the pastor there in Wisconsin. We were about to make that final decision to say yes or no. And I remember calling a really good friend of mine and saying, I, I'm just really confused at, at what I should do. And he said, what do you mean? This person has offered you a position. Why don't you just take it? And I said, well, I, I just want to make sure that I'm in God's will. I want to make sure, I, I, should I fast? Should I pray more? Should I do this? Should I do that? And he said, Jeremy, what are you doing to yourself? Are you going to serve Jesus if you move there? And I said, absolutely. He said, then God doesn't care. God doesn't care if you go to Wisconsin or Colorado or back to Tennessee or Florida or across or, or even to another country. As long as you're serving God and people are finding and following Jesus under your ministry, God doesn't care. That was almost, that was almost 15 years ago. I'll never forget that conversation. It completely transformed my life. God's direction is being conformed to the image of Jesus. Step by step, we follow after him and become more like him. So that's number one. Here's number two. Write this down. God's concern is my heart and my motives. His concern is my heart and my motives. God's will is always why before what. Motives matter to the heart of God. Scripture says it this way in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 2. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by who? The Lord. We have an amazing ability to deceive ourselves, don't we? The Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things. When you find people and they, and you say, and they say to you, just listen to your heart. What's your heart telling you? No, that's not what Scripture says. <laughs> the Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things. So when you hear somebody saying, I'm just following my heart. Tell them, don't do that. <laughs> it's deceitful above all things. We may think everything we do is right, but the Lord judges our motives. Motives matter to God. In fact, there's an old saying that there's two reasons why everyone does something. There's the reason that we tell everyone, and then there's the real reason. Motives matter to God. 
There's a really dangerous prayer in Psalm 139, and I call it dangerous because it exposes our heart and our motives. It exposes why I'm doing things, not just the surface. And it goes like this. It's found in verses 23 and 24 of Psalms 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Notice those last words. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. Did you catch that? The end of that passage is talking about direction. Lead me along the path. God's desire is to guide and to advise. Remember our key verse that we started in the beginning. It's humbling how often my motives are more me-centered than Christ or other-centered. It's about what I want. Well, here's the problem with that. It's almost impossible to get to the right place with the wrong motives. It's almost impossible to end up in the right destination when I start with the wrong heart. When I give someone a compliment... Is it because I'm being sincere or am I looking for something in return? When you're posting that picture on social media, is it because you want someone to celebrate you uh, with you, something meaningful and special in your life? Or are we just trying to keep up with the highlight reels of others? What's the motive? What's the heart? Paul said it so powerfully in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, whether it's said or in action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. I don't care if you're an entry-level worker or you own your own business. Whether you're a student or the teacher, whatever you do, whether it's in your speech or in action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, wherever you are, serve Christ there. Wherever you live, serve him there. Whoever you're dating, serve Christ there. Jeremy, I'm just, I'm just an electrician. I'm a stylist, I'm a stay-at-home mom, I'm, I'm a factory worker, I'm retired. Great. Do it all for the glory of Jesus. Jeremy, right now, I, I'm just a student, but I've got big aspirations one day. Listen, be faithful doing something small long before you expect something big. Serve Jesus where you are. Jeremy, one day I'm going to be a missionary overseas. That's great. Be a missionary where you are on that Zoom class now, today. It's who you are before what you do. It's heart and motives first. When we get those right, God leads us step by step into the right places. So let's go back to the beginning. We often ask, what does God want me to do? A better starting place is Who does God want me to become? Where is my heart? What are my motives? When you have a desire to do something for God in the future, be who God is calling you to be 
first today. Do something small today. Because when you're faithful with a little, guess what? God will trust you with much. Know who you are. A child of the almighty, all-powerful, ever-loving, everlasting God. Remember this. If you are becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. If you are becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. Wherever you are, will you bow your heads as we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for another year. Lord, I know 2020 people will look back, some people will look back and have their own varying opinions about how that year looked. For me, it was a year of growth, and I thank you for that. Father, as we dive straight into this next year, 2021, Lord, I pray for divine direction into our lives. Father, as we begin to lay the foundation for what's going to hap- what be happening over the next several weeks, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for who you want us to become. Father, let us put aside the questions of what do you want me to do or where do you want me to go or what job do you want me to have. Lord, let us put aside all of those questions, Lord, and become who you want us to be today for you and your kingdom. Father, We learned today that you are much more concerned with who we are and who we are becoming and the motives behind that much more than you do about anything else. So, Father, today we stand here or we sit here, Lord, wherever we're listening, wherever we're watching from, Lord. And, Father, we humble ourselves before you. Father, we... We admit, Lord, that that you are the king of all kings, that you are the Lord of all lords, Lord, that you are the all-powerful, all-knowing, everlasting God. Father, that you are drawing us and inviting us to have a close relational communication with you, Lord Jesus, in prayer and and with just connecting, daily connection with you, Lord Jesus, every single day. Father, as we do that, we will become more like you and become who exactly you created us to be. Before we ask any, any other questions, Lord, we just want to say, am I becoming who you want me to be? And Father, if not, Lord, begin to, to reveal things to us. And Lord, show us those things that we need to, to change in our lives, Lord, so that we can, we can hear your voice, Lord, we can see you more clearly in everything that we do. Father, we love you. We're looking forward to the next coming weeks, Lord, as you continue to grow and develop us to be exactly who you created us to be. We surrender to you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being with us on this first uh, message of the series of direction. Hey, we just want to encourage you uh, to send this message to some people who are still in lane one or two that maybe have disengaged a little bit, maybe disconnected a little bit uh, from our campus or from the church and say, hey, come on, let's do this. Let's get reconnected. Let's get reengaged. God is still in control. He's got great 
plans for New Life Christian Center. He has great plans for you as well. Don't forget about all the announcements that we made earlier, your prayer needs, uh, and staying up to date with anything, uh, with all the announcements that are coming up. We love you. We can't wait to see you again next weekend. Have a great week.